Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry wrote a new co-worker letter August 30th of this year. And in it, he said, I am thankful the fall holy days are almost here. In these dark times, we need the prophetic vision of these days of Jesus Christ's return, of Satan's banishment, of God establishing his kingdom on earth and of salvation being opened up to all men. Mr. Flurry is speaking about the fall holy days, one after the other here. The Feast of Trumpets pictures the return of Jesus Christ. How badly do we need the return of Jesus Christ to set up the kingdom of God on earth? to stop human rulers from abusing the people, to stop brother from slaughtering brother in so many cases. We need Christ's return. The Day of Atonement, which comes after the Feast of Trumpets, pictures the banishment of Satan the devil, He will be cast into a bottomless pit, as it talks about in Revelation chapter 20. He and all the demons, millions of them that now rampage all over the earth, will be put away. They will be put down and shut up. After that is the Feast of Tabernacles, again, picturing God establishing his kingdom on earth, a kingdom exclusively led by spirit beings, perfect God beings, perfect justice and mercy and love administered to all mankind. That kingdom on earth during the world tomorrow, during the millennium, will be followed by what is pictured on the last great day, the final fall holy day of this very exciting season. The last great day is all about all mankind having a chance to receive salvation. And that's really discussing probably about 100 billion people who have ever lived and died living again, being resurrected all at the same time and being offered a chance at eternal life. They do not live right now. They are not in heaven or hell right now. They are in the grave and they await that resurrection. They await their opportunity to finally hear God's truth. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the last great day, the Fall Holy Days. 
Mr. Flurry said he is looking very much forward to the fall holy days. And you can learn so much more about these holy days as well as the spring holy days in our free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which? Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which? Please go to thetrumpet.com and get a free copy. And it's really amazing how much this type of material comes up in everyday life. A member of the PCG was just asking me about some, some things that are in that booklet. And really, those holy days picture the entire master plan of God. God's purpose for every human being. And so, of course, that instruction about the holy days is going to come up a lot. It's going to be something we need to constantly review and understand and apply in our lives because it has everything to do with how we live our lives every day. These fall holy days are just such a joy to God's people. Mr. Flurry continues here in this coworker letter from August 30th. This world deeply needs God's truth. And it seems God is opening some exciting doors to raise our profile. Do you ever wonder why a three-star retired lieutenant general would visit a little campus in the middle of Oklahoma? A campus of a college that has fewer than 70 students? Why would he come here of all places? And why would he be so stunned, so impressed by everything that he sees here? Of course, I'm talking about Michael Flynn being here on the campus of Herbert W. Armstrong College just two weeks ago. Everyone knows Michael Flynn. Conservatives love him. Liberals hate him. Mr. Trump loves him. Mr. Obama hates him. Yet here he was on our little campus, on God's little campus. Notice this, Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. You see, here in the Philadelphia Church of God, which follows on from the sixth era of God's church, the Philadelphia era, God provides us with an open door. He provides us with opportunities to host Michael Flynn, to reach mankind with Celtic Throne, a lovely music and dance performance largely put on by children and those who were children not very long ago. We have personal appearance campaigns. We have youth programs and summer camps, all kinds of literature and, and radio programs and television programs and publications for people. 
And really, it's to the point where anyone who is legitimately, truly seeking God's truth will find it. Anyone who really is open-minded and ready to see and learn from God's truth and change based on God's truth, that person will be able to find that truth. It's out there. God is opening doors for us to get the message out. So what an exciting thing for God's people, supporters of God's work. Members of the Philadelphia Church of God are blessed with an open door. And as it says in Revelation 3 verse 8, there is a specific reason for this. These church members, these loyal supporters of God's work, have a little strength. They realize that they are not the source of their power. It comes from God's Holy Spirit. The work is empowered by God's Holy Spirit. It says here as well, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Philadelphians, keep God's law and uphold God's government relying on God's power. Therefore, God gives us an open door. It's really that simple, being humble and childlike and teachable. And that's why we have the open door. We have opportunities to deliver God's message. Mr. Flurry says here in this coworker letter, Michael Flynn's visit was a vivid reminder that when you're in war, you must have leaders. When you're in a war, you must have leaders. Michael Flynn is a great war leader. He had a 33-year military career. He is still fighting for the United States of America today. He understands that we're in a spiritual war. It is good versus evil in this country, and the good is losing. Evil is on the attack. Evil is advancing. Good is retreating in America today. Where is the courage? Where are the war leaders in this country today? We are in a spiritual war, not just in this nation, but even in God's own church, dealing with a very similar rebellion and betrayal as we are witnessing here in America right now. In our families, in our congregations, in our personal lives, we are in a war, a spiritual war. And the stakes are life and death. The stakes really could not be any higher. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit you to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul here is telling Timothy 
to pass God's truth along. We have God's truth in this church today. We know about the Ten Commandments and how we should still be keeping them even after Christ has come and gone. We know about the holy days as Mr. Flurry opened his coworker letter with. There's so much truth that we have. God shows us from the Holy Bible how to live our everyday lives. And we have to ingrain this truth in our minds. We have to live by this truth and we have to pass it on. We have to commit it to other faithful men. When we pass on the truth, those we pass on the truth to will become teachers and they'll pass it on as well. But this requires being strong, enduring hardness like a soldier. If we are weak, if we are cowardly, if we don't want to fight for God, then the devil will take us out and we won't even hold on to God's truth. We'll run away from it because it's just too hard. It's too difficult to live the right way. You see, to be able to pass on God's truth to the next generation, we have to be strong and we have to stay the course no matter what. Paul endured to the end. He was martyred. His life was cut short by people who hated God's truth. It would be so much easier carnally and humanly to just forget about the truth and go live another way. There wouldn't be any more persecution. There wouldn't be any more hardness to endure. But we have to be strong. It's just like Michael Flynn and his concern for passing on truth to the next generation. He loves being around children. He loves trying to teach them respect and good manners, trying to teach them to develop their talents and to be patriotic and to take responsibility for their own lives. Michael Flynn is a strong leader. He has endured a lot of hardness thanks to Barack Obama. And that's how he is able to pass along truth to the next generation. All of us in spiritual war must be strong for the sake of the next generation. Passing it on to our children, passing it on to those younger than us or new to the truth. Notice here 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. That's 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. Jesus Christ has chosen us to be soldiers in God's church, doing God's work. And obviously a soldier has certain things he must do. He must qualify to live up to a certain standard, right? A soldier doesn't stay up all night playing video games because he knows he has to go to battle the next morning 
where he has to go into rigorous training the next morning. He can't afford to have a sleepless night and be in the habit of just living that recklessly. A soldier has to be in good physical shape. He has to be mentally strong. He has to come out of the undisciplined, lawless, basically lavish way of the world. A lot of people out there are able to live very comfortable lives thanks to the sacrifices of strong soldiers. If we didn't have strong soldiers in the USA, we would have been taken over by hostile powers long ago. Now, ultimately, we should be trusting in God for our protection, but that's just not what our nation is doing. And so we do have a lot to try to repay our soldiers, those who have sacrificed everything for our comfort. Strong soldiers come out of the world. They live uncomfortably, so the rest of us may live comfortably. Mr. Flurry talks all about this in this coworker letter. It's a very motivating letter, just about spiritual warfare. We all must be engaged in spiritual warfare as we do God's work. We must be able to identify and expose our enemy, the devil. Winston Churchill was a great war leader, but even he didn't get to the core of who his enemy really was. He saw Benito Mussolini and Adolf Hitler, but he didn't see the spiritual force and the counterfeit church behind those evil leaders. And as a result, that spiritual force is still around today, still hunting and stalking our nations today. The Holy Roman Empire is coming back because the church is still around. The, the false church and the evil spirit being who inspires that church is still around. So we have to pinpoint the true enemy. Mr. Flurry actually gave eight points in this coworker letter. I don't want to go through all of them. Uh, please go through those on your own if, if you get that coworker letter. But point number one here, just some points for us to consider as we fight a spiritual war. Point number one, we are not in the college business. Mr. Flurry writes here, we are here to do God's work. The college helps mightily in that, but it is not the focus. Do we really understand what God's work is? What it's truly all about? Yes, we love having a college. We love having a K through 12 school and youth programs and a music and dance traveling tour. We love all these aspects of God's work. But is this just something where we do it because we want to feel good about ourselves? Because we love the little children involved? 
because we want them to have opportunities? What is it really all about? Well, it's about delivering God's warning message to the entire world. As a witness, God says he never sends punishment on mankind before giving a warning. That's a loving father. A loving father does not lash out at his children when they don't even realize they've done something wrong. A father warns his children that they're going the wrong way. And if they choose to continue going that way, that's when they receive loving correction. So they may be safe and so they may be blessed again. So we are getting a warning message out there to the world. And it's not just through words. Celtic throne is God's way of life in action. It shows productive, happy young people. Our college shows the same thing. So that is a way of getting the message out to the world. But that's really what God's work is all about. It's about the message. It's about giving people hope and helping people understand what is really going on in the world around them and what they need to do, the changes they need to make in their lives if they want to receive the ultimate reward in God's family, if they want to even be physically protected from the suffering that is coming, here's what to do. Our message is like a helping hand to a drowning man. We are pulling people out of the hurricane if they want to be pulled out. We are giving people a helping hand. We are not in the college business. Mr. Flurry writes here in the coworker letter, we are the kingdom of God in embryo today. As the God family empire, we have to expect continual battles to sustain an empire. You need some real fighting men and women. God encourages and motivates us and ensures our victories. He is doing a mighty work through us because we fight and do all we can to sustain his family. The college business is nothing compared to what we are doing. You see, as we do God's work, as we get the message out to mankind, we are actually preparing them for their glorious future. They are receiving a warning from their loving creator that they need to turn from sin and repent of their wicked ways. But even if they don't do that right away, they are still going to have a chance to do so in the future. And we can still show them an example of a way of life that actually works. At the end of this coworker letter, Mr. Flurry wrote, thank you for your support. These truly are exciting times for God's work. And in many ways, I believe we are on the cusp of far greater opportunities. And then he says, our efforts bring tangible results. He says here, the tangible results are a testimony proving that God's way of life really works. You see, it's God's way of life in action 
in his work and in his church today. Mr. Flurry writes here, God is putting it all on display. So as we go to war spiritually, we get a message out to the world. We set an example for the world. And we are a testimony proving that God's way of life really works. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 